everyone, welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, the Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca. And I'm Zara Wong, Head of Content. In today's episode, Mecca Talks getting work done with Mecca skin expert Lucy Shaw and leading cosmetic physician Dr. Van Park. Hi, Kate. How have you been? Good. Are you excited with this episode? Okay, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with Dr. Van Park. She is amazing. I like if she tells us to use something, I'd probably want to use it. Oh, for sure. I mean, anything that she says, I'm like, oh right, okay. And she's it's so good because she's actually worked at Mecca for so long. Like she worked at Mecca as a med student, oh, as a makeup artist. Didn't know that. And that's when she first discovered the career of being a cosmetic physician. Did she so where where was she working? She then? was um a makeup artist in one of the Sydney stores. Oh, well, there you Just, go. You know, so as a part-time job. And that's part she, of the Mecca family, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's how she learned about like face shape and structure and what you, the tricks and tips that you can do for your face. Would you Would you do any tips and tricks oh, for your I face? Mean, or? Honestly, like when you're younger, you're like, I'll never do it. But then... You like I just think you can never. Say you have never. amazing skin. I haven't. I mean, I'm. I think jeans play a big part in it, and really good skin. Yeah, I haven't done anything, and I used to say I would never do anything, but now I. No, I used to say that too, um, but I'm 42 now. I have four children. I love them dearly, but they keep me up late sometimes and a very busy job. So I have tried Botox, which a really, really small amount of it. Um, and my husband was like really quite annoyed with me. Really? Yeah, because he was like, you don't need it. And I was like, but it's not really up to you. It's up to wow. me. So It's so funny that he got so... Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose he was just like, don't, don't change. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm not going to suddenly do lip injectables. That's not my vibes. But a little bit of a lift as you're, you know, as I'm kind of in my 40s now, I think is totally fine. And, and like I'm, I have no problem talking about it. And there's preventative, right? That like you can do some. Yeah. And it's to help your skin and your face structure for later on. So for me, I was, you know, I've got, um, I don't have huge amounts of lines kind of on my forehead, but I definitely am a smiler. So a big, <laughs> I'm a big smiley person. Um, so I would get a little bit around my eyes. So they yeah. put a, a tiny bit there and they put a tiny bit around this, my hairline just to kind of lift. And how old um, were you when you started? Oh, uh, this was... Um, probably six months ago. Oh, only six months yeah. ago. So really recent as well. Yeah, exactly. Because it's interesting to see, like, I want to see what Dr. Van Park says about, like, is there a right age? I know there's not an exact right age, but when do you know you're ready to do it? So one of my friends is um, from New York, is super kind of, you know, in the fashion world and very gorgeous. And I was, you'd never have known that she's been um, having Botox since probably 21. Yeah. Um, and as a preventative measure. So, I mean, you, can, you can't tell yeah. at all because she just looks really natural. But it's just she has never um, she's always kind of had that as just part of her beauty routine. It's like going to get your hair cut. Yeah. Were you nervous for the first time? No, I was really excited. You were excited? Yeah. Do you, I'm, I'm just a bit nervous on needles and things like that. So that's probably a big obstacle for me. Oh, no, I was super excited. Um, and I'm I can't lie. So I couldn't have gone and like even just tried it without actually telling everyone because yeah. otherwise I would <laughs> just end up dropping myself in it. So for me, I think it's just really, it's a really normal thing to do. Yeah. Um, and if whatever makes you happy, right? And so, exactly. And I'm definitely not the sort of person that would have a facelift or um, get, as I say, fillers in my lips or anything like that. But a bit of Botox to kind of make you feel a bit fresher and a bit yeah. more useful. But it's useful. funny because, you know, the way you, even you're saying like, I'm not the kind of person to get a facelift, but... So many other people get, fa- I've got friends who have had, you know, work done, whether it's like 
rhinoplasty or you're having their chin yeah. sort of chiseled down and even if they don't seem like the person to get work done that's something that makes them happy and I'm I'm totally totally cool with everyone doing whatever they want I think just for me yeah. that's just something that I you know definitely lips for me is something I wouldn't go near I wouldn't want to look like a different person exactly I think that's what my fear is my fear is if you get something done and then you come back to work yeah you see your friends and everyone's like what happened to your face but, but also at the same time I I who never say never exactly because that, that's me now right so let's I've yes tried some Botox but in five years time I might be like I need to get a facelift yeah. <laughs> but it, and if I do that's my my choice right and I think when well, I've interviewed Dr. Van Park previously for the Mecca Memo, and I think the way she talks about having work done or getting a face of a Botox, she could really like ease you into it and making it work for you and making you still look like you. But why do you think it is so taboo oh, I think to talk about it? It's the vanity part it's of it. It's not the taboo to get it done, but Yay. it's taboo to talk about it. Yeah, because I mean, even when you look at some celebrities um, that have had masses of work done quite clearly and they're like, no, I've never had anything yeah. done. I just had a really good sleep. <laughs> Um, or when they say they drink lots of water yeah or get eight hours hours sleep a night and drink lots of water whereas no I think be I think being honest and breaking the taboo and actually having allowing people to just have Botox or fillers or whatever is as part of their beauty regime it, it really demystifies it yeah I think that's so true and because if someone has had work done and goes on telling everyone they're natural, they're born that way, it does make you feel bad if you don't look the same way without the work. Yeah, and what about, okay, so we've talked about injectables, but even chemical peels and things like that, have you ever tried any of those? Oh, I haven't actually. I'm still, I'm I'm one of those people who, my obstacle is not because I think it's taboo, my obstacle is that I'm a bit scared. Are you? Yes, I, I, I had, want Dr. Van Park to talk. Yeah, she needs to tell us through what it is. And I think because it is such a taboo subject, you don't know so much about it. That's why people are scared. So I've had, um, years ago, I had like a fruit enzyme peel, which was kind of amazing because I got home and I literally like <laughs> sort of peeling skin off my face. Oh, in chunks. It, not in chunks. Was it bleeding? <laughs> no, it wasn't bleeding. It was just the, your top layer of skin. So you just look like a, it's like your newborn afterwards, which is a bit weird. So you look good. Yeah, it was really good. But I've only ever had one of those. Would you do it again? I would. And that was a fruit enzyme pill. Yeah. I thought it was quite I thought it was quite um good. So we'll see what she what Dr. Van Park says and what she actually recommends as well. And because I'm a bit nervous with doing that kind of work, I'm really excited that we get to talk to Lucy Shaw, our mecha skincare expert again, on what skincare products can give us that sort of and look. devices as well. But and but the thing is, surely you can do both. What do you think about okay, so what do you think about Instagram filters and just photo editing and I think it's kind of fun but sometimes it's a bit scary but when I worked in magazines we actually once like once shot this celebrity and she is a big celebrity who is on social media and I remember we never let this we never let anyone have cover image approval and this certain celebrity wouldn't let us print it without cover image approval why was that because she looked at her images and said she didn't look like that. And it was because she had she had an idea what she looked like from filters. That right. wasn't really what she looked like. 
And some of the filters are quite brilliant because actually they, you know, you just put a t- like press a button and then yeah. suddenly you're you've your had eyes, you've your, had a facelift yeah, or your hair is pink. I've yeah. tried the pink hair one when I was trying to decide if I wanted to have pink hair. Long story, I don't know why <laughs> I decided I wanted pink hair, but it's fun to see what you would look like with pink well, hair. Well, do you know what? I think it is fun as long as you don't take it seriously and yeah. as long as you don't start believing that the picture of you in the filtered image is actually the real you. Yeah, and that's when it gets not so great. It's really interesting and it's something I've got to bit of information on okay Zara let's hear it we live in a selfie society a modern media artifact that in many ways epitomizes the current status quo and the undeniable intersection of beauty and tech we are seeing ourselves in ways once reserved for celebrities and magazines and the impacts for some have become major so how did we get here it all starts way before the iPhone when in the early 90s photoshopping once a noun now a verb became an integral part of the publishing process Emerging trends in celebrity news were delivered to us predominantly via print in their flawless glory, smooth skin, accentuated curves, and not a flyaway in sight. Come the early 2010s and the rise of social media as we now know it, anti-retouching campaigns were rife and many magazines started to label the imagery or tone down the photoshopping. However, around this time, Snapchat was born. And in 2015, they implemented augmented reality or AR filters, which could turn you into a puppy or totally transform your facial structure. Instagram, Facebook and TikTok followed suit and Facetune, a mobile Photoshop alternative, became the most popular paid for product on the App Store. Like Photoshop once was Facetuning or using AR filters has become the norm for celebrities and influencers. And this time around, everyday people too. In a term coined by UK esthetician Dr. Tion Esho, this sparked what they called selfie dysmorphia, which reflects the need to edit one's own digital image and the disassociation with one's actual appearance after becoming used to how they look with filters applied. This has catapulted the beauty industry to not only develop highly transformative products like Too Faced Lip Injection Gloss and the New Faced Trinity device, but extend into facial aesthetics. From Botox to filler to Kai Bella and hair-like tattoos, all of which are even more accessible and affordable than ever before. Now let's bring in Lucy Shaw, our skin expert, to find out more. We are so excited to have Lucy Shaw back in the room. (laughs) Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks, Lucy. So today's episode is a bit of an interesting one. It's about getting work done. And so, Lucy, we wanted to have you in here so you can talk about what kind of skincare that fakes the look of it. Um, because yep. I, like, we feel like there's been a general trend of product that does that. And if someone were to get work done, what they can do to sort of help maintain it and look after oh, themselves. Oh, good. This is a good yeah, one. Yeah, I Very feel, juicy one. Yeah. And when you say getting work done, you mean work to your face. Yes, <laughs> rather than productivity. Rather than work to the house. <laughs> Not housework. This is, this is face reno. <laughs> so I haven't had anything done because I'm really scared of it. So I'm interested in the part which is like, you know, how to like plump and plump yeah, with, but with I, topicals. And so, and when you go, also there's a good question I've got is if you go down the injectables route, is that a like a slippery slope? Do you always have to continue down it as yeah. well? So I think we've got a few yep. we've got a few questions that we need to put to you, Lucy, because you are the expert and your skin is looking radiant today. So we need to understand how we can achieve the same look as well. So should we should we yep. start with getting looking like you've had work done without getting work done? 
Yeah, well, I'm the same as you, Zara. I'm terrified of doing anything because I think um, there's a lot of unrealistic beauty standards getting around, I think. And I also think that sometimes you can sort of forget where you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I And you're just like constantly tweaking and tweaking. Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like once you start, you kind of look a little bit different to your original self and then that, yeah, that yeah. sort of... You lose... Lose, lose your own yeah. personality in many ways, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's something to say about showing your emotions and being able to connect with people and, and I don't know, I think you still need expression in your face but I also acknowledge that over time bones start to thin out, mm-hmm. the face structure changes, gravity yeah. takes over. Uh-huh. We can't deny mm-hmm. gravity. You, you were looking at me then when you said that. <laughs> Um, uh, even like losing weight as well. That yeah. you, you or running. Lose. That's, a, that's yep. a one for your face, isn't it? Yeah. That's why I don't run. Yep. yep. <laughs> sun exposure breaks yep. down your collagen. It's basically just like, yeah. Like wear and tear. Yeah. Every, everyday life. life. Yeah. Everyday life. And our faces are designed to move. So that's, we can't avoid that. Uh, but I think we're really lucky because there's lots of options with skincare um, and technology is constantly yeah. advancing. Like I can't believe some of the devices that you can buy. I these was days. I um, tried the Dennis Gross um, Spectralite. Spectralite. Yes. So I put it on in the mornings for three minutes, and my little three-year-old comes in. He's like, "Why are you dressed as a robot?" I'm like, "Just bear with me. I'm going to look really good after this, Jack." But, but it's quite an interesting one because actually yep. I did notice that my skin looked a little bit lighter, Refreshed. didn't, yeah, yep. um, I just sort of, some of my blemishes didn't look quite so blemished. Even um, after one go? No, 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 this okay. is like maybe a week, after one go, I was like, I just had a mark on my forehead from where the, <laughs> where the mask was on. <laughs> yeah, but I do think there's some, I mean, what do you yeah. think about the kind of um, devices? Devices. Oh, I am such a fan. And and where I first saw devices in action really was in the spas, in the doctor's office, in the clinic. And now you can actually buy these devices that use the same technology, not the same strength, yeah. um, but it's you can actually get better results sometimes because you can use the device more frequently yeah. than holding an appointment every month to yeah. go into a spa because yeah. everybody's busy. So um, with the thing I love about LED uh, and you mentioned the face wear device from Dr. Dennis Gross is that's actually getting your skin to repair yeah. without the use of any active ingredients. Uh-huh. You're not applying anything topically to the skin. You're using deep red light energy to yeah. actually trick your skin into producing more collagen and repairing, which is really cool because a lot of people, their skin might not respond very well to active ingredients. They might be a bit more sensitive. Yeah. So uh, to have a device that can kind of have that power. Do you think it's really got the cool. power to, to, I know it says that the red light is for, which one way around is it? Wrinkles. Wrinkles. Yeah, Blue light is for blemishes. And yep. then you have the two for, I obviously always go for the double. I'm like, well, let's Love just that. combine it. All of it. <laughs> um, and do you think it has an impact on fine lines then as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're not targeting blemishes, you probably don't need to use the blue, um, but definitely for red stimulating collagen because you have to remember as well with light therapy, it can actually penetrate deeper into the skin than any active ingredient. Mm-hmm. 
because your skin is designed to be a barrier, applying topical ingredients, yes, they do absorb to a certain um, degree, but light is actually, it can reach a lot further mm-hmm. and that's where your collagen is. It's okay. deep down so in, keep in going the skin. With it. And now yeah, keep a, going with it. There's a body one as well, I think. Oh, is that's that? new. Yes. It's what, new. Not like yes. a whole body thing, but... It's a pa- it it's like a panel, so you can use oh, it. Um, chest and yeah, chest. Um, I'm thinking thighs. about um, if you've had maybe like a um, <laughs> baby and you've got stretch, stretch marks, marks uh-huh. or scars from C-section, whatever it is. Okay. Um, you can use it on your arms. I feel like I need collagen. I've never noticed collagen breaking down on the back of my arms, oh, no, but now I can see it. It's happening. Reminds that reminds me of my grandmother for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favourite device? Oh, so I actually wrote this down because I really wanted to talk about this device today is the Beauty Bio Glow Pro. So oh. another thing when we're talking about uh, stimulating collagen and to take it back to the whole sort of topic of this podcast, which is sort of prolonging the effects of Botox or um, fillers or whatever it is, or maybe avoiding it mm. or or maybe complementing it um, by using a device that will help to build collagen, like what we just spoke about with the LED. Um, but microneedling is also a really great way to trick your skin okay. into repairing itself. Um, and these little microneedles, they sound scary, but they, they don't hurt. It's It's got a um, steel handle, so mm-hmm. it's very cooling um, as you're using it. But the little needles create this um, sort of like a micro channel in the skin. Mm -hmm. So all of the skincare that you apply in the next sort of five minutes after you use it is on a freeway into the skin. So it sort of like opens your skin up to that hydration and and helps the – well gives the all of the creams and serums you're using more benefits yep complements all of your skincare Mm. so it'll maximize the effects of your skincare and then also because it's creating like sort of tricking the skin and the skin thinks it's injured it's going to produce new skin cells fresh skin cells and more collagen as well how often do you use that i use it two or three times a week but i'm i'm quite i'm actually quite lazy with my skin i'm going to admit it so sometimes (laughs) it's once a month once a week but I like to do it a couple of days before the weekend to give my skin a bit of a chance to yeah. sort of repair. And then and the it, by Friday, it's looking yeah. really good. And yeah. what about, um, so facial massage, and it's such a big hot topic. Um, it's all over TikTok. Like I really would like <laughs> to learn how to do it, but I have no idea. So can you give us a little bit of a tutorial? Oh, for sure. So again, Zara has probably heard me talking about facial massage to anyone who will listen. Um, but a lot of a lot of my friends and family and work colleagues will talk about I need Botox this muscle on my forehead it's always creasing or my eyebrows I've got frown lines okay at night time after you've done your skincare or while you're lying in bed massage and Uh release the tension that's what you're going to achieve with Botox not to the same degree you just do it with your knuckles right yeah with your fingers with your muscles how do you how do you do it so so I use some So the first place that I go is jaw because if you're talking all day long, you build up a lot of tension in the muscle called the masseter, which is what opens and closes the mouth. If you want to find it, just clench your jaw while you touch touch your jaw, clench it, clench your teeth. That's your masseter. And then just do circles on the spot Uh on there. Is that going to help my jowls? That will help because... Over time, your jaw can start to sort of drag down, square uh-huh. out. Um, and then if you want to do a bit of a sculpting technique <laughs> to really carve out the jawline, get your uh, index finger yeah. and middle finger 
and sort of um, cup the jawline and move really firmly from the chin back to the ears. And that's kind of like How many your, times? Like oh, do, do 10 if you can. Okay. And nice and slow, nice and firm. You can do that firm. sitting at the office, surely, as well. You can use yeah. your knuckles as well. People might wonder A little what bit we're more doing, advanced, yeah. <laughs> we work at Mecca, they um, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really important because you also tense those muscles up maybe if you're concentrating, looking mm. at a screen, looking down at your phone, um, yeah. and, and it actually stops things from circulating and flowing and, and um, toxins uh, – sorry, not toxins, but fluid as well needs to be able to move mm. down. And if all of those muscles are really tensed – you won't, you'll start to build up puffiness around that area. Um, and then you can do, like, I could honestly sit here all day and teach you different How massage techniques. Look <laughs> you look gorgeous. Um, but forehead's a big one as well. And if you find you get the 11s, grab your thumb and index finger and pinch really firmly on Ooh. your brow. It's quite nice and like a painful way. And oh, yeah, you, yeah. Can you feel the tension? Yeah, yeah, and it's actually, yeah, it's like sort of getting rid of that headache that's consistently there. You can really feel how much tension you hold in your brow muscle, which is called the corrugator. So think of corrugated iron ah. um, and it just releases that tension. So imagine if you did that every night. But also massage equals blood flow. Mm-hmm. So if, you, um, if your eyebrows are getting a bit sparse, it'll also help with okay. growth. Yeah. And you always need to do it with like a face oil or something, something like... Yeah, something with a bit of slip. Yeah. Okay. Um, face oil is a good one. Yeah. And what about the like rollers you can buy, facial rollers? Oh, like we do the jade roller. Yeah, and I mean, it's probably not going to do as much of a sort of deep, relaxing the facial muscles effect. Yeah. Because it's at the cooling. end of the day, if you want to replicate what Botox would do, yeah. we want to really uh, relax the muscles that are creating the dynamic wrinkles, which yeah. is like the piece of paper folding in half over and over again. Whereas a, a rose quartz roller is a softer pressure. So it, and so it kind of soothes your skin rather than changes the yes. shape of the muscles. Or yeah. That, yeah. It's that more for more cooling if you yeah. get really flushed cheeks. And then the other thing as well, if you do lots of repetitions with a rose quartz roller, what it does is it stimulates lymph lymphatic um, mm-hmm. drainage because your lymphatic system is actually really close to the surface so lighter pressure is better okay. for um, depuffing. Because I yeah. do use a gua sha and I go probably I don't go that light I don't go that hard yeah my face, but yeah I think we should be going lighter then. Well I mean if you're using firmer pressure it just means you're working into the muscles oh, you're just mm-hmm. working a different area which that's also really helpful um, for blood flow as well yeah. And so before you start before we started you talked about peptides you're yes. really keen to talk about peptides. So what are what pepti- is a peptide? That's why, that's why Lucy's here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure you're not the expert on peptides. Uh, yeah, I actually wrote peptides down on my list of things to chat about because peptides are kind of like little messengers and they're basically broken up pieces of protein and that's what your body recognises. That's um, like a, a, a like ingredient to put on the skin. Um, and they can also, not to the same level as Botox, but they do slow down that message mm-hmm. between the nerves and the muscle contracting. Wow. Um, so, And peptides are great because they can also just send messages to your skin to produce more collagen or increase cell turnover. So they're really helpful. Um, there's a, an ingredient called hexapeptide. Mm-hmm. If you look for that in products um, like the Shantikai Stress Repair Concentrate, the Gold Fadden Liquid Facelift, Liquid Facelift, uh, they Great have name. hexapeptides um, and they have that sort of like 
Botox effect mm-hmm. and you can actually use them in areas where you might oh, have over like facial muscles yeah okay, wow yeah and then imagine if you paired that up with some really great facial massage yeah. every night while you apply it um like look without the work kind of well there's a bit yeah, of yeah and i mean it's not going daily. to have the same <laughs> effect <laughs> yeah, I know. but if <laughs> for someone who wanted to maybe try that for six months before they take the dive yes. yeah. and get botox or maybe if you get Botox and you don't want to get it as frequently and you want to prolong the the results. So back to facial massage, what are the facial muscles that aren't being worked on enough? Yeah, so this is the other thing that we forget about is we're we're wanting to sort of like stop moving the face and we get we get focused on the forehead or the eyebrows creasing together, but there's also muscles that over time lose tone. Kind mm. of like I don't look the same. My abs aren't the same as when I was 21. The muscles start <laughs> to look a bit aren't. different. They get a bit more slack. So there's also muscles that we don't work mm. um, and they can that can really have a huge impact on the overall structure of the face. So if you can or you're keen to try a device, a microcurrent device is mm-hmm. a really great option because it's pretty easy you can't really stuff it up unless you don't use enough gel Um, but moving that device really slowly across the skin in the direction that you want things to go and you can't go wrong Um, and what this does is it passively stimulates the muscles so it doesn't make them contract but over time if you use the device the device regularly enough in the comfort of your own yeah. home 5 minutes every couple of days or every day if you're really keen will really help to kind of retrain some of those lazy facial muscles yeah that's interesting so like, you've got overworking muscles and you've got underworking muscles so yeah. it's about you need something for both yeah. absolutely and it's like a balance cuz all your muscles are like linked to each other anyway yeah so the microcurrent that's like a new face right Yes, so New Face um, have a couple of different microcurrent devices. The New Face Trinity is great because you can get an attachment which has mm-hmm. LED, which we were talking about before. So you've got a bit of flexibility with your treatment. Uh, and then also Foreo have a, a device called the Bear, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a little version. It also has vibrations which help with um, helping active ingredients penetrate better. I just saw you write down New Face, Kate. Are you gonna- Are you writing a shopping list? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I, I wrote beauty bio, new, a new face. I have, I have a new face and it is so good. I'm just so lazy and I keep on forgetting to use it. Uh, I think that's yeah. a, when you haven't used devices before, which I haven't really. Um, so I'm trying to retrain myself to make time. And I think that's the mm. bit that is really, um, you know, important to do because it does take time. You have to learn how to use them properly. Um, the Dr. Dennis Gross what um device is is great because you just put it on and press a button yeah. but when you actually have to think a little bit more it's sort of that that sort of level of education and knowledge around it I think is so important for all of us because otherwise you don't want to not use it in the right way or get the best benefits if you could um put together like the best because we've got a lot of things a lot of devices a lot of mm-hmm. tricks and tips if you could put like a three-step process together mm-hmm. for for Zara and I but also for all of our listeners mm-hmm. what would that be in terms of helping to support the you know the, the facial muscles and to make you look brighter and younger and mm. etc refreshed, refreshed. I, I like that you said refreshed and brighter because there is one thing that all of the Botox and filler in the world can't achieve which is radiant healthy glowing looking skin so you can't forget about the value of that. So exfoliate. Make sure you've got a regular exfoliant or a nice mask that can give you that overall glow. 
Uh, and then I would say pick a treatment product that you can really zero in on those problem areas with. So if it's a large area, say like the forehead, get a serum with peptides in there that you can just pop all over the face. If it's just a couple of areas, maybe around the eyes or in between the brows, choose a, a targeted treatment, maybe like an eye cream with peptides and you can just use it in that area. Uh, and then try and get yourself into a bit of a ritual, maybe when you're applying that product to do a bit of a massage. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to say commit to once a week, you use a device. I think that would be a really great place to start. That's so brilliant. one device, exfo- don't forget to exfoliate and then pick a treatment for that area that you're concerned with. I think that sounds really manageable, actually. Yeah, we put and it like that. Yeah, because it, then you're, it's not overwhelming because otherwise I've written everything down. <laughs> I want all the things, but then I'm going to be spending two hours a day with all my devices. So that makes me feel a little better mm. than I could do once. And put your device on your bathroom counter. I always say this, if it's in a drawer, you'll completely forget about yeah. it and you won't use it. Put it out where you'll see it or put your face wear on top of your coffee machine and wear it while you're making your morning coffee. Yeah, that's a great way to start the day. Yeah. Are there any devices that you can't use with each other? Oh, good question. There's a couple of – there's not really any that you can't use together, but if you have just recently had a cosmetic treatment done, definitely check with your doctor before you use an at-home device. 100% because you might not want to sort of reverse the effects or um, kind of mess around with the results of that. So that's just one thing I'd be really careful of. But in terms of at-home devices, they are designed to be used by you with your skincare in mind. If you're using LED, just make sure your skin's completely clean because you don't want any SPF or foundation or anything that will actually uh, interrupt the way the light absorbs because it'll kind of bounce off and you just won't get a great effect if you're using microcurrent you need to make sure the skin's really freshly cleansed and exfoliated and that there's no oils Mm because that will interrupt the current so just um follow the advice of the person who's recommending the device to you and if you have had a cosmetic procedure just check with your doctor good advice love it so good and for someone who has had something done what skincare products or rituals would you recommend for them to keep um to to maintain it yeah i i would say i would go back to the whole so if you've kind of had a treatment to help with the structure of the face make sure that you're really looking after the condition of the skin make sure it's hydrated you're using a great hyaluronic acid serum make sure you're protecting your skin barrier as well Um, and keeping the outside world out. So making sure you're using something with ceramides or a facial oil and just keeping that beautiful, healthy glow. Um, And SPF, I forgot about SPF. There's no point doing all of that hard work without having your SPF, which is like your insurance. So you need to make sure you have SPF. I love that. SPF is the insurance. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Lucy. That was so fascinating. And I think we've got a bit of a shopping list of what we want to buy now. Yeah, I've got mine's very long. (laughs) Apologies in advance for that. That was brilliant. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Hello, you're back, Dr. Van Park. We have you back in the room-ish in our kind of lockdown COVID world. Yeah, we're all in lockdown now, so we all know what it's like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How are you? 
I'm good, thank you. It's uh, I think it's nine weeks and counting for us. Yeah, how's lockdown been for you? What have you been up to? You know what, I've, I've used this opportunity to really um, do things that I've been meaning to do, more the admin stuff. Um, I've done a lot more um, webinars and lectures and things like that that I've been sort of haven't had the time to do when I was working full-time seeing clients. So it's been really good just connecting with people in my industry and, and just sort of, um, yeah, just, just sort of we're all in it together. And I think we're all using this opportunity to sort of increase our knowledge and share our knowledge. And so it's been a really, really productive time for me. And, and Dr. Van Park, you, if we take it back to the very beginning, you started off actually working for Mecca. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that story? Because it's quite a brilliant one to see from going full circle, working for Mecca to going all the way to, um, you know, you worked in store and now you have your own um, practice from our flagship in Sydney. Yeah, it's um, it's such a romantic story. I think it's romantic and almost serendipity where I started my, um, you know, my career in aesthetics. I, I would always say my career in aesthetics was I, I started in Mecca and, um, you know, growing up when I was in high school, I was obsessed with this magazine called Allure, um, which is still around and it's all about beauty products and beauty, but it's, it's American. And I remember when you read, we never had any access to any of the products that they would mention on Allure because it was American. American and in Australia we were just very limited in what we could get so when Mecca first um, came onto uh, you know came to Sydney and I think it was Mecca's very first stall it, it wasn't even a store it was a stall a little stand I, I remember when I was in in medical this was my second year of medical school um, I heard about Mecca opening so I sort of in my break ran down and 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 had a look and you know all the brands I read about were there and the brands there were steel and urban decay and um, I was so excited and the person who was standing who was actually um, on the floor happened to to be I think the the two IC you call them and I told her how excited I was and she said you know we're actually looking for someone would you like to to work here because at the time not many people knew about the brands um, and so she was excited that I knew about the brand. So, um, and that's how it started. And I started um, as a as a salesperson there on the floor. Um, and I think Mecca at the time, um, what was explained to me was the point of the vision that Joe had was that the salespeople were not just salespeople; they were makeup artists. So that's how yeah. she trained us to become. Like you know, we went through the, the training to become makeup artists, and you know. Um, and I, I think that's how my love of aesthetics and, and particularly working with women and working with faces and understanding contours and proportion and beauty was all started. And there's a little, a little nugget of wonderful information you gave us there in that you were studying at medical school. So how did you go from medical school to working at Mecca, presumably whilst you were still studying, and then ending up with your own practice doing cosmetics and cosmetic what would you call how would you call it cosmetics aesthetic medicine that's a bit more more elegant way of sort of naming it really aesthetic, aesthetic. Medicine, like that. if most of us can pronounce it most of us can. <laughs> I get tongue-tied over that word too sometimes um so I I you know when I I worked at I started in my second year of of med school with Mecca working casually and I found that I loved it so much that I was doing more and more hours and um, and I remember when I was in my fourth year I I wanted to quit medicine and I wanted to become a full-time makeup artist and I went home and I just, then that's how much you loved makeup artistry I did it was 
I just love I, I just loved everything about it. And um and I went home and I told my mum, you know, I think I'm going to quit medicine and become a makeup artist. And I think now she probably freaked out but didn't show me that she was freaking out. But she sort of said, you know what, why don't you finish your medical degree and then you can become a makeup artist. Um, and it was in the last two years of medical school, because it was a six-year course, that I met someone. And I was doing her makeup and I was telling her, oh, you know, this is what I really want to do, um, but I'm just finishing off this degree and then I'll become a makeup artist. And this was in the late 90s and the, the, the woman there said, you know, have you heard of, you know, Botox? And at the time we didn't have, we didn't even have fillers, we only had collagen. And she said, you know, that could be something you could look into. It's, it's, it's sort of underground at the moment, you know, but it might combine the two of, you know, your love for for." for for makeup and, and you know it, it is sort of medical and um, you know I, I looked into it and at the time there was only a few like three people in Sydney doing it it was all underground because Botox wasn't TGA approved um, for cosmetic mm-hmm. use it was approved only for medical conditions um, but I knew I, I knew when I, I looked into it and you know I was lucky enough to be, be able to sit in into the room of one of the doctors that were, were, were doing it and um, and I, I remember the first time I sat down and watched him do his work, you know, administering the Botox on, on, on the, the, the clients. Um, I sat there and I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. And <laughs> Fantastic. And yeah, I think from that's how I, I, I started. And I think very early on as well, because it was all underground, you know, everything was hush, hush. Um, but, both, uh, you know, the... It was only really TGA approved in 2002 for cosmetic use, and that's when it exploded. And these were the days of the all of those big celebrity magazines all over the world where all of these um, sort of 50-plus celebrities suddenly looked 30. And everyone was like, have they had work done? It was like, have, look at the difference in their faces. And there was all this huge denial about it. And whereas now, I, I mean, you may have an opinion on this as well. I'm sure you do. Now it's so much, so much um, more acceptable to have, to be open, to be talking about the fact you've had work done. And, you know, that that sort of fear and that hidden behind, you know, down an alley of don't tell anyone I'm going and I'm not going to ever express how I've had any of this work done. Now it's much more open. Would you agree? Yeah, it's it's definitely become very mainstream um, where in the past people felt that if they had any work done, it was they were cheating somewhat. They were mm-hmm. cheating. It's interesting, yeah, it's interesting that you said the word cheating as well. Yes. It's like it's a game. You're not playing by the yeah, rules. Yeah, exactly. and that you, if you weren't cheating, you were aged naturally. Um, and I think the, the, now it's become so mainstream that it's actually the opposite way where I've had a lot of girls come in and women come in who um, who haven't had anything done. But, you know, they're... they're genetically they don't need anything done yet but they feel like they're missing out and they think they they say to me I feel like I should do something even though nothing is of concern and And they said all my friends are doing it yeah that's good can you tell us a bit about how you run your consultations especially when you first meet a client for the first time so you know what you get most of the information I find anyway in my practice that most of the information you can get from a woman is when she is not aware that you're assessing her. But when I'm consulting someone and I'm on, um, I'm, I'm always making sure when I'm talking to them in conversation, I'm sort of, 
you know, you're, 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 you're watching um, how they move, what quirks they have. Mm. You know, some people, when they talk, they squint more. Some people, when they talk, they use their lower face more. Some people, when they talk, they, they sort of lift their, their, their one side of their lip up more. So they're the things that you pick, you pick up when people are not aware. And by the same token, when they're not aware and these are their normal daily expressions are what you can use to um, prevent if you know if you know what I mean so, yeah yeah you you like you approach from like a lifestyle perspective as well and see how they what their lives are like how their faces move and how they age over time as well right yeah yeah so it's 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 taking everything in into account and and, and that's what happens in our consultation where it's almost like an everyday conversation where people tell you lots of different things that they're they're not aware and and, and also the other thing I I do a lot when I'm in um when I consult, is you actually watch how they put their makeup on, as in when they come to see you. Because it's funny because when they call up and they talk to Tracy, who's our practice manager, they'll, they'll always say, shall I take all my makeup off or shall I, um, you know, keep... And Tracy always says, no, do your makeup as you normally would, come as you normally would. And the reason why is that when you look at a way a woman does her makeup, you can tell... It tells you a lot about her concerns, what her her issues are, or also what she likes about herself, what she emphasises, what she's trying to hide. I think what's so interesting, actually, is um, we spoke to you last time, Dr. Van Park, and you were talking about the fact that you have people who come in who say, hey, I just want to get some Botox because I want to look younger. So can you just put some on my forehead? And I think what's so interesting about that was that you were saying that actually people completely then neglect the bottom half of the face. And so you've got this like young top, and then sort of older bottom and none of it, not your bottom bottom, bottom of your face, <laughs> and none of it sits together properly, which I thought was so fascinating. Can you just describe that a little, a little bit to us? Yeah, I think, I mean, now that, um, you know, that we've had access to, to Botox and neurotoxins for, for 20 years now, you know that women who've been getting it regularly for, for, for 20 years, usually are only getting it in the in, in the upper half of their face, you know, around their eyes or their crows. And and what I'm seeing is that there's that disconnect between the upper and lower face where their upper half of the face have been really well preserved um, and their lower half of the face is starting to show signs of aging. So for me it's mm-hmm. so important to to be able to make sure that you treat not just the upper half of the face, but also the lower half. And I think part of that could be that you know, a couple of reasons is that that mirror face that you're saying, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we adjust our face to what we want to see. And we don't talk to ourselves in a mirror. I mean, we all feel so silly talking to ourselves in the mirror, right? So I think, you know, a lot of the lower face that you see aging really comes from expression when you're talking, when you're pulling funny, you know, when you say certain words, Mm. and that's when you see, um, you know, some of the signs of aging, which you don't necessarily see when you're putting your face still. And, and, and you would probably see a lot of women when they look at themselves in the mirror, particularly I see in my practice that women naturally tilt their head upwards if they're not happy with their lower face. And that's a subconscious thing, mm. you know, they, and, and by doing tilting their head up, yeah, you wouldn't notice yeah, that. they sharpen their jawline, you know, you're, you're tilting mm. up. So it, it, it's sort of, Two, I mean, two ways where you're where we're talking about that imbalance of the upper and lower face. One is that you know the patient themselves or the women themselves they don't see the lower face because they don't see themselves in animation. It's only when they see themselves 
unaware, say during a Zoom call, like you're saying, that they notice their lower face. Yeah. You know, um, mm. two is that they're not. A lot of women are not aware that you can actually treat the lower face and you can prevent the lower yeah. face. Yeah. How do you how do you treat it without a sort of neck lift? Um, you know what? It's all about manipulating the muscles and um, you know using our our muscle relaxants um, and and you know, manipulating the balance of the push and pull. Um, and how we prevent that from for the lower face is that, you know, with our normal daily expressions, we tend to use our lower face muscles and our neck muscles quite a lot. And our lower face muscles are the only muscles on your face that actually have attachments to the skin on the lower face. So you can imagine if you were using these muscles every day when you're talking and eating and drinking, that these muscles are tugging on your jawline every day, every minute mm-hmm. of the day. Um, and you know, if you're doing it for like, say 40 years, then around about 40 years, you'll start seeing those signs of that, that tug on that lower face in the, in the jowls. Yep. And, I mean, it's a combination of factors, but this is one of them. Um, so if we could weaken the whole, the tug, if we can weaken the whole of all the muscles that are tugging down, then naturally, um, one, you can you can prevent because the lower face is not being tugged on as, as hard anymore. And two, the, the, fa- the muscles that actually pull up when you smile and lift would then be able to work unopposed so you get that lift. So I think... You know, you can you can manipulate the balance of muscles on the face quite strategically to create lift in some areas to to create. Yeah. Do you see um, more sort of younger patients coming in as well? Because I have friends um, that, especially in the United States, that um, very much use sort of Botox and fillers from a really super young age in their early twenties as preventative and whereas I feel like in the UK it was very much done sort of later along like when you're 40 it's like right you're 40 now you've got to start sort of looking after yourself have you seen a bit of a trend towards that um real early adoption in terms of the preventative measures yeah I do definitely um we I'm I'm seeing a lot of young girls come in wanting preventative because they've heard about prevention when you say young are you saying like in their 20s in their 20s in their early 20s even which in my in my opinion is a little bit too young um but I'm seeing girls where they're, they're almost, because they're, they're so aware now and they do so much reading and so much reading, that they take it to the extreme. And I get these young girls that come in and they're afraid of movement because they're, they're fearing that movement would cause wrinkles. And so they say, I don't want any wrinkles, I don't want movement. And it kind of doesn't sit well with me because I said, but you need movement to, to you know, for, for your natural expressions and, and everything. Like, oh, I don't care. I don't want any lines. I just want you to stop movement. Yeah, they, they should. Do people still want to look natural? Are they not look wanting to look natural? You know what? In the younger, yeah, I mean, some of the younger demographics that we see, it's it's for some reason no movement and not looking natural, <laughs> not aging is very it. it it overrides. Yeah, you know. so they're, they're not even like look, trying to look younger, I, I guess, because they're already in their 20s. Yeah, it's that's really it's, interesting. It's looking glamorous. It's looking sort of otherworldly in a way, isn't it? I think yeah. I, um, I'm like a big believer in just wanting to stay looking like me. And I don't want to look back at me in like 10 years time and think, oh my God, I look like a totally different person because I've mm. aged so much. I would like to just have a an elongation sort of, of time of looking like me do you have a lot of people 
just maintenance, like getting a haircut or getting your, your sort of hair, the colour done or something. It's like getting a bit of Botox, like gives you a bit of a freshen. Exactly. exactly. I mean, that's what um, what I think with aesthetics medicine where we where where it should be, um, where it's it's a it's a maintenance, um, and it's about just keeping you looking the best you can for as mm. long as you can. And I always say to, for, for me, my practice is always such that you don't create change. And, and if it is that, and the goal is if I took a photo of you today and a photo of you 10 years down the track, there shouldn't be much change. Um, you know, it, it's, very, it's a very different practice from taking a before photo now and an immediate after photo and you see a drastic change. It's a very, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different kind practice. Kind of like Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... But you know what, in the age of the young, you know, to, to, to go back on the young demographics, I think it's change is a big thing, the, 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 the youth like that, and that's an area of practice mm-hmm. that's slightly different. Um, and also, you know, when we're talking about movement, I think with the whole social media and images, Instagram and stuff, it's, it's all static images. So that's yeah. the most important thing to them is all that filters. they look good. Yeah, sta- yeah. You were saying before that some clients even – put a filter on their own face and show it to you as something oh, that they yeah. would want all the time the younger ones just, all yeah which is crazy to me all the time it's like can you make me look like this with the younger um clients that come in what is the treatment that they want the most is it lip filler is it fillers up here because i i see definitely the kind of the lips getting a big plump etc whereas i think maybe if you're doing the maintenance you probably lose leave the lips piece a little bit longer would you say yeah I think um I mean I think in our area area of 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 medicine there's there's you've got your prevention and maintenance aspect where you would you know maintain what someone has and you don't want to change anything and therefore you know lips are probably the one of the areas that would change probably in your 40s where you notice falling loss and what you would do is you would give them back what they had not what they've never had you mm-hmm. know whereas with the the younger dem- or demographic or the the area where we're talking about enhancement so it's, mm-hmm. it's more about giving you what you've never had kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah that's that's it that's an interesting way to look at it yeah and I think the young the young I mean, some demographic um, would would want that instant gratification, and they want to look like they had their values, money's worth. So they want that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they want. Or, or, yeah, they're, like, it's funny because they don't want to look subtle. They want to look like that. You know, they've done something. They've had some work. Yeah, there's like there's that look in that. There's yeah, that. There's a definite yeah. difference, isn't there, mm. of, of wanting it to be natural and subtle, and don't tell my husband. And I've had my lips done and my eyebrows lifted, or whatever it is. And don't I look fabulous? Yes, it's and oh, as in ways. the two. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not me. It, it, my it, it should be, you know, when we're doing lips, that you know, you do it in such a way that. It's not obvious, and and in in many cases you'll get your lips done, and even your husband wouldn't know. And you go out, and your friends like, did you have a new haircut? Did you did, is your hair? You look good, but I can't figure out what you've had done. I mean, that's the goal in in lip yeah. enhancement, where it enhances the face, but not the the, the whole versus what you've just said. Someone said, oh my goodness, you've just had your lips done. They look great. <laughs> yeah, do you know that's you know? so funny. We went out before lockdown um, for dinner, the group of girls, and one of my friends had had um, recently had a bit of filler and a bit of 
Botox, but she'd also had a haircut. And everybody was obsessed with her hair. They were like, I can't believe how much your face has changed from having this haircut. And I was like, is she going to tell them or not? And she didn't. But it was like, it was hilarious because she, you know, she'd had a nice haircut, but that wasn't what was making her look so different. No, if, if and that is great work. If that's the reaction that, that, you know, your friend had, whoever she went to, that is great work because it shouldn't be obvious and it shouldn't be perceptible. And yeah, I mean, when, when we're talking about enhancement as well of having something you've never had, you can do it in a way where it looks like you were born with it. Yeah. Is it like a... Is there like a, you know, a maths rule or a science rule on how you should do it? Or do you just base it off like your eye and you kind of can tell what you need to do or tweak to make it work? That's This is the interesting part. And this is the part where I always feel as women, we have, uh, women injectors, we have that slight advantage with all due respect to, to the, the, the men. And I'm just talking maybe the small percentage, but you know, when, when we're, it's definitely an eye and it's more when you do, when when we do lips, you sort of look and you see how it fits in with the whole face and it's not natu- mm-hmm. it's not a mathematical thing. However, when we are taught in our industry um, on how to do lips and what is the perfect, there's this ratio that we have to stick by and there's this mathematical formula, but that doesn't necessarily fit on everyone's face. You know, mm-hmm. it might not be the, the most aesthetically pleasing look on someone's face so I I do um to answer your question Zara that it is definitely an eye um and I think um being a a woman you do have that slight advantage and Zara you've never had anything done have you are you nervous too or is it just not no I'd I'd be I'd be really nervous would you yeah not curious curious (laughs) curious maybe but I'm a bit scared I'm a bit chicken at the end of the day (laughs) but you know I think everyone I mean it's such a common thing that people are quite scared of of doing something but I think you know the permanence of it is the most is is the scariest thing but I think with um Botox and fillers it's all reversible (laughs) there is that there is that it's not like having an actual like surgery and presumably you are you trained in surgery then would you do you actually do any kind of eye lifts or neck lifts or you just do aesthetic medicine I just do aesthetic medicine I mean I would I I always think of myself as like an an overqualified makeup artist or an overqualified beautician um and and we really are um an extension of the makeup brush um and it's it's. Yeah. I just did a lecture to all the doctors and and nurses actually, where we spoke about the contours and the light reflections, and we talked about um, how how the face changes um, and how the the where how our face reflects light changes as we get older, and and how we can use our fillers as an mm-hmm. extension of the makeup brush. So, you know, when you watch the makeup artists highlight and contour the face to sort of capture light and create that illusion of a lift, you know how you can use highlighters mm-hmm. to create the illusion of a lift. You know, we can use our fillers to to sort of enhance the way our face catches light as well. Yeah, that's so lovely, and I think. The way that you you then think about your treatment is, to your point, an extension of, you know, artistry, and it is, and you go into that space, and you you can have your tweaks done, and you can buy your makeup, and you can have this just overall. It's like a makeover, isn't it? And it's not a new. You're not cutting skin off. You're not stretching things out. You're not 
being super, super radical, you are, to your point, you're, it's an extension of your artistry. And I think that is such a nice way of thinking about it. So Zara, you shouldn't be worried. You go in and get your eyelashes put on and your brows done and have a little tweak here and there and you'd feel fabulous. Yeah, maybe after lockdown when we can come up to Sydney to see Dr. Yeah. Van Hart. I'm, I'm definitely going. I'm sh- I think I've already booked in. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I always say, you know, start slowly, do little bits at a time, just little tiny bits and, you know, and, and, and then go from there. It does make you feel more confident how you said too that if you do see someone and you don't think they need work done, you will say that they don't need work done. And I think that's a really important yeah, thing. I think it's it's funny because we always feel that um, – that we're missing out. You know how we're talking about you. You feel like well, if you haven't had work done, you're kind of missing out. Um, yeah, it's know. like an experience. And you're like, all your friends are doing it. You're like, I wonder <laughs> yeah, what that's or like. Maybe, maybe I could look. You know, this is where it, it's that thing where you think maybe I'd look better if I had it done. And it's almost, it's almost like that. Yeah. But it might not be the case where you know you don't need it. Yeah, it's like it's a big what if. <laughs> but it's also not a dirty secret. And I think it used to be such a dirty secret. And it was the thing that you wouldn't want anyone to notice. You wouldn't want to tell anyone that you had it done. And you'd say to your friend, if you had something done, they're like, no, 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 I've just bought a new like mascara. And you're like, yeah. no, you definitely look quite different. Um, whereas I do think that that taboo is going. And I think by opening up the conversation and the dialogue around it, and it is just like getting your highlights done. And it is just a just an extension of artistry makes it so much more accessible in terms of, try it if it doesn't work it's reversible and it's not forever and it's not sort of you know removing an eyelid kind of thing it's it's a it's a tweak to your overall face to give you confidence right and I think that's the the thing it's about the confidence you know it's 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 not it's it's sometimes I always think it's not what I do because I don't change how you look much. I, 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 my goal is to preserve and maintain and keep you looking like a fresher, less tired version of yourself. But it's more how what aesthetic medicine can make someone feel. And I think for me, a lot of our clients come and say they just feel so much more confident, you know, after getting a treatment done. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of them, they're like, oh, my gosh. I think I look better already, but we've only did like some muscle relaxant, which hasn't even kicked in yet. You know, it takes a week for it to kick in. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like a placebo. It's like a placebo effect. I, thought, I, feel so, I feel like I look so much better. And I said, but it hasn't kicked in yet. Okay, but I'm, I swear it's already kicked in there, but it hasn't. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. so fascinating. That's but it really is it's, for us. And, and, and the thing that a lot of women say to me when they're like fan it's for me I'm doing this for me it's not for my husband it's not for my friends it's for me I want to feel better when I look at myself in the mirror that's what it's all about yeah and Mm. I love that empower yourself like do whatever it takes to make yourself feel feel good I mean there's no shame in that I think it's a totally brilliant thing what is your favorite treatment to use is it a mixture of both or combination or is it is there one that you prefer more than the other you know what? It's always a combination um, that I, I love. Um, you know what? Fillers are an instant gratification, but it is a little bit scarier to, for, for the client who's never had anything done. So if someone is a newbie, if they're, the, if, there's a, if, if they're seeing me for the first time, depending on how anxious they are, I always find Botox is one of my favorite things. And it's probably my favorite thing is always the lower face because it's so subtle and mm. it, it, it pulls up and it's it's so 
you know, dif- different, you know, a- as well. And um, so that's probably my favourite thing, the whole, like when I do Botox, it's, it's this, I, I do the upper and lower face, but lifting of the upper face and lifting of the lower face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you speak about the jaw, like we spoke earlier. And, you know, like at the moment, it's so popular for people to do facial massages and mm-hmm. tools like gua sha. Do you think they do anything? To a certain extent in terms of increasing lymphatic lymphatic drainage. Yeah, I think to that, I mean, as a preventative. I mean, it's never going to do as much as what you can do. But you know what? There is an immediate effect in lymphatics. Like when, for me, there are days where I'm puffier and more fluid retentive than others and your face is a little bit swollen. Um, And I definitely use that for myself just to, just, you know, just to, you know, eliminate the 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 fluid and it can give you a more contoured look um so I think it has a role I think everything has its role you know yeah and then with Botox and fillers what do you what tips would you give on maintenance like how do you keep on like keeping it looking like that you know I think there are needs and there are wants and I think for needs in terms of just if we're talking about maintenance it's about two or three times a year for your, your Botox, depending on how long it lasts. Mm-hmm. So some people last three months, some people last six months. Oh, so it just depends on the person and how it reacts to them. Their metabolism, how long they've been doing Botox for, mm-hmm. obviously their age. Um, and with their fillers, it's really a once a year thing if we're maintaining, mm-hmm. you know, um, if, if we're talking about the same area as well. Um, so, but, you know, when I say want, some people are quite used to looking freshly botoxed in which case they want to do it four times a a year Um, and if they want to do that four times a year botox then you would you would adjust the dosage so that you don't do as much Mm -hmm. so that they don't look overdone you you, I I, you know it's interesting because I always tell my clients as well particularly when it comes to movement that you know you you don't want to botox your charisma away you know I mean I I love that your, yeah. your, your charisma like is, is, is and that's what I watch when people talk they've got that charisma the way they move their lips the way they squint their eyes the way they there's these little spark in their eyes when they smile because they crinkle their eyes up somewhat you don't want to get rid of that you want to prevent the lines from getting worse but you don't want to stop that movement and you Botox their charisma away and I think I always say to people you know charisma is is what never ages Mm, yeah know, absolutely. And, have, and, and so you, and I think you know more and more when I think about it too it's like you know when the when you, you you overdo it and you start so young that's why the young girls can look older it, yeah it, it's sort it's of so true they do it can age them funnily enough because they've it's like age and ageless at the same time yeah. what about with the guys though right because it's not such a trend with men and and or men, is it I don't know but also you <laughs> see you see men aging and getting a bit craggy and a bit gray and a girl you know women and um we don't like us ourselves to start looking a bit wrinkly and a bit you know our skin gets a bit sort of thinner and whereas with the guys it seems it sort suits them right so then if you've got you end up with this kind of handsome um slightly craggy older man with this like perfectly sort of pulled together botox lady and I just wonder, is there, A, do you see that a lot? But also, B, do you see more men these days having a little bit of a tweak themselves? Yeah, I do, actually. I, I see um, 
um, a lot more men coming in. And it's it's really interesting because my demographic is more, you know, the the the, the CEO, the, the the high, you know, the, the men that are quite high. Um, established in their careers. Established, that's the word. Not necessarily high profile, but <laughs> established, um, you know, in their career. And what I find so fascinating is, is when you – when the walls come down and when we're in our room and we're chatting, you know, men have, I've seen that men have the same insecurities as women, you mm-hmm. know, and it's almost like women, we can talk about it. And yeah. men, they have their, their, their feelings of inadequacy where they, they also fear the younger generation coming up. You know, they feel like they need to look their best or they need to look as fresh as possible to keep their job, you know. And these are people where you thought, oh, I, I would never have thought that you would think that, you know, in my mm-hmm. mind, you know, when, you, when you're speaking to these men, you think, oh, I, I would never have thought that, that these thoughts cross your mind. So I do see a lot of men um, more and more coming in just to make sure that they are looking the best they ca- they can for for their age and to make sure that yeah. they're, they're sort of so that they can keep their jobs. As that's the one thing. I Not necessarily to look younger either, just to look more like themselves, I guess. Yeah, they just don't want to look tired. Just like us, they just mm. don't want to look tired. They said, "Look, I I want to I want to look how I feel." And I think we all, a lot of us say, I just want to match those two. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully down the track in the future it becomes less taboo for men because I feel like Mm. they're the the whole. Slightly behind. They're behind us where where it's sort of taken now. It's all part of maintenance for women and no one bats an eyelid, whereas with a man, particularly, you know, a father, if he goes, oh, I, I get Botoxed you know it, it, they've said that to me too they said oh you know if my friends find out I'll be the laughing stock yeah. for my workplace you know for sure I can it's, imagine it's a really different it's a really still taboo for the guys and yet for the girls it's becoming more talked about and I and I think it's it should be something that everybody should openly talk about if they want to and I think it it just gives you that like extra 10% of confidence that you may have lost because you are tired, you're working hard, you're running around after your kids and, you know, and that's for my age group. But for the younger age group, it might just make them feel that little bit more glamorous, which is also great. Exactly. It's it's almost like we, it, it's, it's like putting your makeup on. Yeah. It, it makes you feel better. The taboo thing is interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, it's a vanity thing wrapped up with physical and like, it kind of says a lot about, like people in general that you get a bit awkward talking at that, trying to make yourself look better. But I did love how you said Dr. Van Park and Kate, that it's more about the confidence and matching how you feel inside to the outside yeah. rather than just yeah. pure vanity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it is about confidence, isn't it? And that can be done with an amazing face of makeup. And if you still think you're looking a bit tired, then maybe a little bit of Botox yeah. too is okay. I think that's all right. Yeah, there's other options. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Van Park, what's next for you in the in your kind of taking over the world of aesthetics? What are your kind of plans? And you've got this amazing um, practice, and you obviously practice out of our flagship store in Sydney. Um, what what are we going to see next from Dr. Van Park? Oh, I think we've got a couple of things brewing um, at the moment with uh, 
with within Mecca as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to when um, lockdown comes down because um, one of the things that we're we're planning for is 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 having a lot of one-on-one interactions and doing masterclasses with the Mecca clients and you know just just so that I suppose a lot of women taking that first step of having a consultation is also a bit too scary so it's an opportunity for people to ask questions and you know in a in 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 an environment that is that is sort of safe and you know and do you do that is it virtual world for you as well are you doing virtual consultations with with clients are you interested, Kate? I know. I say, like, can I get your phone number? <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I, I I don't do it for the clients, but it's definitely. I think it's hard though. It's it's hard yeah. because even though with Zoom, it's two dimensional, and mm. it's very much a three dimensional thing. Um, yeah, and you I, want I'm to do it properly. Sh- you want to do it properly, and and I'm sure with yourself too, where you've had conversations with people on Zoom, and you meet them in real life, and and it's completely they very different it's like a blind and date it's <laughs> yeah. so is yeah but um I'm very excited that's probably the the next stage where we're going to be doing a lot more interactive things and 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 I'll be a little bit more involved with Mecca in terms of master classes and interacting with the the Mecca clients fantastic and then everybody gets to see who the Dr Van Park sort of enigma is and I you know I loved when I first met you in the flagship store and you were sort of milling around and and I was like, oh, there's, that's Dr. Van Park. Everyone raves about this iconic Dr. Van Park, and here she is. And on and on that then, what is coming next in the world of cosmetics aesthetics? You know, I think it's 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 always the same thing that goes around in circles kind of thing. I think in the world of aesthetics now, where we're sort of more looking into um, addressing um, bone structure and proportions and, and things mm. like that and understanding from an aesthetic, you know, from an aesthetic doctor point of view. Um, I think from... From the consumer point of view, I think you guys probably know very well, it's all about skin right now, isn't it? So there are lots of treatments that have come out that are focused only on skin. And I think that's the new thing. There's lots of new treatments that are more than just mm-hmm. a facial that addresses skin, um, which is coming out, which is very it's exciting. It's that whole kind of skinimalism of trend, isn't it? Where you just really oh, like have that. amazing skin and you're mm-hmm. able to sort of showcase it rather than it wearing lots of heavy makeup. What surprises you in your job, if anything, still? People, always. People, um, people never cease to surprise me. And and what I've learned is that what you think someone, you know, will be, you sometimes you, you never know until you get to really know them, you know, mm. and, and it constantly surprises you. Your, your initial perception of someone might be completely different, which is why I think, you know, it's, what people have, what people show to the world is, is is very rarely what they are on the inside. And what was it like when you got the call from Mecca to join us at our Gowings flagship store in Sydney? Oh my gosh, that was so exciting for me. It's like coming full circle and, and I, I literally, when I put the phone, well, the, the phone down, I was squealing. I was caught my husband's like, can you believe it? You know, coming full circle and, you know, coming back to, to where I started. It's it's so um, surreal, you know, when you stand there. You know, Kate, I, I stood on my first day, stood there and, and, and on the flagship and it's, it's this massive sort of mm. amazing space, like a, you know. And, it's very and, different to where you first worked. Exactly. And I couldn't help but have uh, sort of flashbacks of where we all, we 
both began, mm. you know, yeah. when I when I started and how different that was. But you know, it's funny because it's it's same, same but different. It's it's bigger and it's 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 we've we've gone so far, but the core of us is still the same. You know, the 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 vision, the vision of what Mecca had, you know, that 25, 20 years ago is still the same as the vision that is going forward with the flagship store. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a really beautiful sentiment to end on. And I think it's so true. You know, it could Mecca is almost 25 years now, but it's the same vision, the same energy behind it. Yeah, it's the same and the same goal. So it's it's a quite a surreal feeling when you for me to have that history. Right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Van Park. It was so lovely to speak to you. We can chat to you forever, right, Kate? Oh yeah. I mean, this is this is. I feel like we're best friends now. So when you, I come and see you, and you oh. tell me I need to have the lower part of my face done. <laughs> I'll be right in there. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favorite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this episode with your friends. To stay up to date on what's going on in the Mechaverse, find us on Instagram at at Mechabeauty, or join the conversation in our Mecha Chit Chat Facebook group. You've been listening to Mecha Talks. Thank you for joining us. And I'm on the roll.